Steve, Nick. why are we here on the floor next to a bin? We've done some podcasts in some weird places, haven't we? But Oh my God, we're in the BFI. We've come to watch a, um, a show. Um, Adam and Joe. That's right. We've come, we've come all the way to London to come watch the show. We thought we'd sneak in a bit of clandestine podcasting before. We brought our microphones with us. Yeah. We brought our, well, I like to think we've always got. We can, we can, we can podcast wherever we need to be, Nick. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're doing this because we want to give you an intro to our new... Well, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a novelty for We're trying Steve. something new on the, on the science show, aren't we, Nick? We are. We're trying to swap cast. Swapcast, Steve. What the hell is a swapcast? I'm glad is you that asked, like Nick. Noel Enman's swap shop? No, it's not. So swapcast, basically, for anyone that doesn't know, is when uh, we met up with some other podcasters that have a whole different podcast. Uh, a guy called uh, Dr. Steve Cross and uh, Gregory Aikerman, they do a podcast called Masterpiece Bookshelf, where they talk about books. Which is very good. You should check it out. Yeah, you should. And so the idea, basically, is they we have a little chat, um, so you can find out a little about them, and, and so people that listen to their podcast can find out a little bit about us. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be doing that. Um, you're, you're shortly going to be listening to that. Yeah, we had we met up a couple of days ago, didn't we, in the Wellcome Trust? And we did. Had a conversation um, about because um, because we, we do science and they do books. We did a, a podcast about a sciencey book, kind of Frankenstein. It was called. Have you heard of Frankenstein? I, I think <laughs> might have heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Frankenstein um, has some kind of devi- sort of weird devious sciencey things that go wrong in it it's exactly. kind of dystopian science goes so, bad. so we talk a little bit about the book but we also try to crowbar some science in there so we spoke about how to make life in some levels we talk about optogenetics and we spoke about um twi- I, le- frogs, frogs legs twitching yeah i talk about trying to actually reanimate a corpse using electricity which happened in real life right isn't that weird yeah. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it, and let us know what you think. The other thing that's coming up is obviously our, si- our Christmas special, Nick. Oh, yeah. The Science Shed Christmas special, one of the first. Yeah, one of the first Christmas specials, so um, hopefully there'll be many more. I've got some presents for Steve. He doesn't know what they are yet, but I can't wait to see his face when he unwraps them. All right, well, um, if don't worry, our regularly scheduled programming will resume next time. Yeah, so enjoy us trying to talk about Frankenstein um, and listening and chatting with the great Steve Cross and Greg Aikerman. Bunsen, Burner, Dollar, Machine, Internal, Combustion, Why Do We Need, Petri, Oscar, Isaac, Newton, Transplanting. How you doing, Steve? Hey, Nick, how are you? Great, it's nice to be here again. Back. For another podcast. And Steve, why didn't you tell him how you're doing? He asked how you're doing and you just threw it straight back. It's he never tennis. does. I just don't care what he says, really. Mm. I'm used to this level of rudeness from Steve. So we, we have some guests, Nick. Amazing. Yeah. Are these our first guests? These are our first ever guests. I don't believe it. And they're alive. <laughs> and they look human. And they look reasonably normal. No. Especially what? the guy on the right. No. No. <laughs> My right or your right? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, well, it's, where, where are we, Steve? Well, we're in, we're in the Welcome Collection, which is different to the Welcome Trust, because we went we to the wrong place. Which we found out a minute ago, yeah, because yeah. we went in there. I went and actually asked the woman at the reception for money. He, I said, I'm a scientist, can I have some money? She looked at me Do blank. Do you know how many times they've heard that? Well, I almost said that after I'd asked it, but I didn't. Right, well, maybe we should introduce that. <laughs> Honestly, you've got to think, have they heard it before? I went and had an STI test, and the very attractive female doctor started by saying, are you in a, uh, are you in a stable relationship, Mr. Cross? And I didn't correct her to Dr. Cross. What I did was I said, uh, yes. No, I said, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> are you? <laughs> Apparently Worst she gets that ten ever. times a day. Uh, that reminds They're thinking me of, of changing the first question to... <laughs> Do you want to do that one fucking joke <laughs> and get it out of the way? Can so we this introduce is a, ourselves to your listeners? Yeah, so this is a, this is a swap cast. We've got two guests here. Um, and maybe you should introduce. We've got Dr. Steve Cross. Hello, Hello. Steve. Uh, I will be mainly shouting, and uh, I um, don't know any science. And it's, it's an honour to be on true. a podcast with science in the title. No, what these now? My, my conceit, Steve, is yeah. that I uh, say I don't know anything about anything. Oh. And then the minute that my co-host dries up, I dive in with exactly the right answer. Yeah. Last, last week we read Beowulf, and he just sat there telling me the story of Beowulf, having forgotten the name of the monster. And there's a lovely moment where he goes, uh, 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 and I go, is it Grendel? And then I sing a song about Steve being right. 
You do, you do. It was a great song, but I just don't remember, you know, facts and information so well. And we also have Gregory Aikerman. Hello. <laughs> Gregory is a big star me. of the paranormal scene. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. It is, it is mainly about books. I read a book and try to convince Steve that it's a good book, and he just destroys my self-worth. And that's it. <laughs> that's a fair summary. Uh, it's called Masterpiece Bookshelf. Um, don't sue us. No, why would you sue us? I can't think. There's absolutely I can think that you might sue me for damages at some point. Yeah, I, I am just <laughs> making notes of every time you've made me feel small and pathetic. So for people that haven't listened to Masterpiece Bookshelf, what, what would be the summary of it? The summary of it would be it is very, very good. It will, it will entertain you, enlighten mm. you to the world of literature, and you will learn slowly but surely that every fucking story ever written is the same. Yeah. <laughs> every book has same. an unreliable narrator telling yeah. the story of an unreliable narrator, usually casual racism, because we only cover books by and people sexism. who are dead. Right. so that we can be brutal, which means they've got old-fashioned opinions. Yeah, not that much sexism, because having sexism implies that they acknowledge women exist, yeah. whereas a yeah. lot of these books, just, just men speaking to other men about man things. Have you been following our Twitter, by the way? The most often tweeted thing we get is people going, oh, I used to quite enjoy P.G. Woodhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I used to quite like Beowulf. So the whole point of this is we, so, so Steve, Steve Cross and I met and we decided it would be good to uh, do a, a uh, swap cast where Nick and I normally talk about science, you guys normally talk about books, yeah. and we thought we'd talk about a science book. Amazing. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Should we get Thank on with you. it? Hey, we're doing what book, book have we read? We're doing Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Hey. Or... or the modern Prometheus. <laughs> the modern right, first Prometheus. Of all, right. It's pronounced Prometheus. Listen, Dr. Cross. <laughs> no, it actually is. No, no, you're not going to convince me. You always convince me to say no, words no, wrong, no. and then I say them in the real world outside there. And then people, and people at look you. at me like I'm no. a fucking idiot. This comes from mm. uh, drinking wine in an art gallery with a poet called Tony Harrison, who speaks seven languages, four of which are dead. He <clears> wrote an amazing thing for Channel 4 early in its life about its translation of, of that poem, okay. but reset in uh, Northern England, and he says it's pronounced Prometheus, to rhyme with Zeus, because it ends E-U-S. Ah. Yeah, it's Prometheus, all the time. Anyone who says Prometheus, just tell them it's Prometheus. Okay, we are reading Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus. Yeah. At the end of it, is there yeah. a giant thing rolling and people try and get out of the way by running in its path rather than out of its path? Metaphorically, yes. Okay. Just uh, checking. Is no, it the prequel to a much better book? This is by Mary Wollstonecraft uh, Shelley. Wollstonecraft's Wollstonecraft. uh, middle name. That's that a good middle name. Because uh, Mary Wollstonecraft, that was her mum. Ah. Mary Wollstonecraft from off of Vindication of the Rights of Women, that was Amazing. Mary, yeah. Mary Shelley's mum. Amazing. It? Came from a very literary family, Steve. Unlike myself. And then she married a poet. Did yeah. she? Purse. Percy. And a ballend. Uh, yeah, Percy Shelley was a complete prick. Was he really? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, was, he was a violent... Like all the romantics, their lives are much more exciting than the books and the poems that they did. Because yeah. most of the work of the romantics is bullshit. But Percy Shelley was just a horrible, violent, aggressive, drunkard, drug addict. Um, this is not how I was taught Shelley. When I was taught Shelley at A-level, my English teacher gave us a pen pick of each romantic poet so we could remember which one of which is which. So to give you an idea, Byron is a man naked standing on top of a mountain shouting, look at my cock. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shelley is, uh, it's actually his death. It's Shelley drowning, saying, I'm drowning because I was too useless and wimpy to learn how to swim. <laughs> That's how we remember which one's Shelley. Shelley yeah. was mates with Byron as well, yeah. wasn't they? They were all mates. In fact, they, when, this, when Frankenstein was first thought up, they were all on holiday together, weren't they? Because it was 1816, was, which was... They must have been fucked off that some teenage girl on holiday with them came up with a better book than any of them <laughs> ever wrote. Uh, yeah, they were livid. They yeah. were, cause it was she finished it as well, didn't she? Finished she finished yeah, it. None of the others finished that. Take that, Coleridge, you bellend. <laughs> Idiot. Um... <laughs> What happened? Yeah, 1816, Year Without the Summer. So that was, you know, there was Volcano uh, Wentz. Which uh, one? What? The Cypher? Your science. Krakatoa, Krakatoa. Not Krakatoa. Oh, Vesuvius. That's it. Oh, yes. Pompeii. So fun, listeners. I thought that was the back in Roman times. I like, I like the way we explain. Like, <laughs> what is going on? 
<laughs> what volcano? No, there was a volcano that went off. I can't I'm remember. not denying there was. I'm just trying to give listeners richness. Okay, well, one of them went off. A volcano went off at cra- some point, <laughs> sometime in the, pre- in well, the previous... Well, wait for the rest <laughs> of the information... Like, and then that created a sort of nuclear winter, which, right, 1816 was a year without summer. Famous. Rasputina did a song about it and everything. Right. Right. And it, uh, tons of people died and there was, like, snow in the summer. Gregory, you're not on stage. Slow down. Sorry. No one can understand There was snow and everything, which meant Mary Shelley and all her mates had to stay inside. And because they were staying inside when they were supposed to be on a sort of, like, summer break, they And because Xbox hadn't been invented... Of course. Yeah. They started uh, telling ghost stories to each other, one of which was Frankenstein, and she went and actually finished it. Nick, we're a bit out of our depth here, aren't we? A little bit, yeah. yeah. These literary references. We'll, we'll, we'll get right to some science head. in a bit, and then yeah, we'll be yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> step in. So, I've, got, we want I've done you some research Greg, Greg looks clever at the moment. But <laughs> <He's> wait. <laughs> we want you to help us explore the modern, modern Prometheus. Well, you know? I've, I've got yeah. some papers right in front of me. Is that like Penny Dreadful or something? Is that the modern, modern? Don't know. Probably, but I don't know. That's how that was my some knowledge of Frankenstein, apart from a few blurry black and white pictures of the dude with the thing sticking out the side of his neck. Yeah, he's not like that. That's all I knew about. I read it. He's He's really beautiful in the book. Is he? No, he's not. He's a horrible, ugly. Have you read the book? I've got it. Three read different editions. (laughs) It says, I'll I'll read you. It says, uh, it says. Wait, wait. This is a new thing for our listeners. There's Steve. actually some notes that have yeah. been taken. I took notes. Yeah, not like Gregory's normal. <laughs> the book was quite good, and the ending's shit, and that's the summary of the notes. They're actual notes. He Let's says, hear some notes from you, quite. Steve Lee. Beautiful. His limbs are in proportion, and I had selected his features as beautiful. Oh. Beautiful, great God. His, his yellow skin scarcely covered the work of muscles and arteries beneath. Oh. His hair was lustrous, black, and owing. His teeth of pearly whiteness, but these luxuriances. From Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> Basically, no. Actually, actually, you're right. It goes on to say that his uh, uh, was contrasted by his horrid, watery eyes. Yes. Oh, so it's Data. Data. From Star Trek: The Next Generation. Brent Spiner. Frankenstein. Yeah. But no, if you if you read those words, do you think words, that's intentional by the Star Trek people? Yes. <gasps> wow. He's the first functional man in Star Trek. <sighs> That, that's probably true. But that description is... I'm taking is the rest of this podcast off. Isn't it? Cause, you think? Because that's going sort of like, I made him to be beautiful, but mm. he ended up being a monstrosity. In most of the rest of the book, he's generally hideous and scares the crap out of him. He scares him. He looks yeah. so horrible. Like he's is it he's just got loads of muscles and he's got... Yeah. <laughs> you think he's just gurning? No, I mean, <laughs> he's gurning very, throughout the book. very beautiful people when they're crying look horrible. Maybe he's just crying on the inside and mm. it makes him scary, frightening. Well, he, they don't even make the monster until halfway through the bastard book. Like, uh, doesn't tell you how he did it. Either. No, they just skip it. It's like in, in one I sentence. I love you two. Like, how can we plagiarise the scientific processes <laughs> in this book and build our own people? There's more detail at the end when he's trying to make his. That's true. The the yeah. lady friend. Yeah, it should be. We shouldn't. Sorry, we, we jump spoil- in around. Is this a spoiler? I think <laughs> you can assume that people know the plot of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, okay. But the basic. Oh, okay, okay, right. Let's so, bring you up to the monster because right. then I've got loads of questions for the scientists. Okay. What do they so, fill the first half with if not making the monster? Okay. The, the beginning narrator, right, <laughs> has got Just nothing to do with the story. <laughs> oh, Greg loves this. An unreliable narrator yeah. telling a story yeah, is your favourite framing exactly. device. They're just There's hanging another out in the narrator, snow. in a narrator, in a narrator. There's <laughs> yeah, like three he loves that. It's like that film where they go into people's dreams oh, and they get like seven dreams yeah, down. It's exactly like Inception. Yeah. Frankenstein is like the modern <laughs> Inception. But it's the modern Prometheus. Keep up. It's the modern Prometheus. There's a man on a boat. And he's like got a crew with him, and they're like, "Oh my God, we're going to the North Pole. It's really cold. It's really rubbish." Hey, who's that on the ice? Holy shit, it's a human! And they get the human in, and they go, "You look in a hell of a state. What's wrong with you?" And, no, nothing. I am ill. So he goes, and to he me. says, "Oh, I've just ripped off the beginning of the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner because <laughs> yep. I was on holiday with Coleridge. I was like, how do I start my book?" And he's like, "You need a guy stranded at sea on his own with a story to tell." <laughs> and Mary Shelley's like, "Yeah, write that down." That's Coleridge what? is like, "Ha ha ha ha." That's what happened. They yeah. quote a few lines of Cole, that poem in the book as well, I think. They, do they? They do, yeah. It's a bit fucking... Yeah. I don't know about quotes. Now, in the science world, isn't that like a fake kind of citation well, where absolutely. you just shove in links to your friend's work? If you plug it through exactly some plagiarism you software, you're screwed. Yeah. You've got to stay below the 10% for your plagiarism. <laughs> Whenever you write an abstract, just make sure it's below the 10%. Nick, you're giving away your secrets. Oh, my yeah. God, am I? Yeah. Is that the same for everything in life? If it's Pretty less than much. 10%, it doesn't count as plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> That means if you plagiarise 11 things at once, you're always <laughs> covered. 
the, the fellow they pick up turns out to be Victor Frankenstein, right? And after he gets well, he goes, oh, do I have a story for you? He's like, oh, I'll write it down. And then the sailor writes down the story, and then the story is Frankenstein going like, oh, I went off to um, university. and There's I some great to- bits in that. Yeah. It's when he goes to university, I wrote them down. <laughs> so he's the, oh, well, so Firstly, <laughs> I want to hear them. But first, I want to ask a question, which is, how fucking long were they trapped in the snow if Mary Shelley's allowed to do thousands of words of nothing to do with the ghost story before she gets to the ghost? The rest of them are just like, oh, yeah, Mary, you just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> University entrance requirements, brilliant. Oh, so scary. Oh. <laughs> Tell me things about university. Yeah. So, so he talks about, so, he's, so I think... Uh, Listeners, you can't hear these. Wait a second. I'm just going to give you a treat. That's actual so, paper. And that a, is arrogant. It's, yeah. a serious, <laughs> it's a serious wad. Your, tax, your tax money paid for that paper, listeners. That's probably. true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Is that all notes for this? Oh, uh, yeah. Holy shit. That's only one note of that. Uh, do you quotes. see why I, I, you fail me every week? Do you, not, no, do you never have I notes? Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes I scribble in a note. There's no notes today. You don't need break? notes if you're only going to get about 18 words <laughs> in 45 minutes. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes he doesn't get the title of the book in until the half hour mark. I noticed in your intro- introduction how playful and fun you were being with one another. And I thought, this is, this is nice. And then there was a bit, it's the sort of thing that, oh, I'm not going to interrupt you now. Oh, you. It's, it really Whereas yours, nice. yours is just abuse. It's yes, just domestic yes. abuse. Are you angling for a transfer? No, because I quite... I've grown used to the <laughs> So, Steve, what, is this a real university? Or is this yeah. like a made-up he, university? What, where he went? Yeah. Where Victor Hugo went? I don't know, but he talks about studying chemistry, so Victor that got Hugo. me... Victor Frankenstein, I think you Victor mean. Hugo. Victor Hugo. No, they're maybe, all the no, same. Maybe, the <laughs> all, the Vs, all the Vs. They're all the same. So what happened? So he talks about chemistry. So I think he's the original inter- interdisciplinarian, right? So he says that chemistry is a branch of natural philosophy in which greatest achievements have been and may be made. It is on that did you, account. Did your heart start swelling with pride the, when that was? So it goes off to slag it off in a Steve's minute. Steve's a chemist for anyone yeah, that doesn't I'm, know. I'm, what I like about that is there used to be a days when people it used to be a day when people were like, oh, there's still some interesting chemistry to do. Whereas now in Bollocks. 2016, everyone's like, chemistry finished in 1950. Give up, true. Steve. That's give just up, not Steve. true. Go, <laughs> go and look who wins the Nobel Prize for chemistry. I used to work for one. He's a chemist. Time after time. <laughs> after time. <laughs> oh, <sure>. um, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like quotes just don't work in this. Do form. it. Just get on <laughs> with it. Do a quote. Please, All right, I want to uh, see what it feels like to do research. <laughs> <laughs> it is on that account that I have made, that, made this my peculiar study. But at the same time, I have not neglected the other branches of science. A man would make a very sorry chemist if he attended to that department of human knowledge alone. So he starts off quite liking chemistry, Mm. and then he goes on just to slag it off. He says that... um, Oh, wait, I've got to find it now. I really should do my homework better, shouldn't I? I really should put that last quote on a T-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) And next time time I do a gig for the Royal Society of Chemistry, I'll just have... You'd be, you're a terrible person if you're only interested in chemistry or whatever the exact words were. On no, I think those, that is the hard <laughs> thing right there. If so you like chemistry, he's to- you are wrong. I could do a re-edit of Shelley. You should. So he's talking about his, his, his professor. He said, he concluded with a panegyric upon modern chemistry, the terms of which I shall never forget. The ancient teachers of this science, said he, promised impossibilities and performed nothing. <laughs> so the modern you, masters the- promise very little. They know that metals cannot be transmuted and the elixir of life is a chimera. But these philosophers, whose hands seem only to dabble in dirt and their eyes to pour over the microscope or crucible, have indeed performed miracles. So there's, miracles. there's already a line <laughs> drawn between sort of scientist quacks and real scientists in 1818. <laughs> no, exactly. There's a, there's a line drawn there between... So he's saying chemists then were like chemists now, i.e. they say they can't do anything and they can't do anything. And previous chemists we're gonna have to have a separate argument like about fusion this, Steve. power people now, mm, in that yeah. whatever the date is, they always say, oh, 20 more years, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, they keep yeah. making promises they yeah, can... We've made so no, they're basically we've made like no people who dabble in regenerative medicine these days. A bit like yourself, that's what exactly. you work in, isn't it, Nick? <laughs> It's all about the hype, Steve. <laughs> is it always Just whack stem cells on the front of it. You get Job funded. Done. Bosh. Is well, that not real? In my case. If you rub stem cells on your skin, do you look younger? Steve, you can, you can rub them anywhere and it will have striking effects. Any ailment or you know anything that you want to improve yourself by, just rub a few stem cells Have you got like a them. learned society you're a member of whose ethics you just violated? <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like you can telling me about you, the libel situation. Can I get you chucked out of anything? 
There is a comedians like union now, and it has a code of conduct. But the code of conduct is like pay comedians. It's yeah. not. It must be pretty lapsed for comedians, right? It's their job to push boundaries. Yeah, it's mainly a code of conduct for promoters. I.e., don't take the piss. <laughs> right. <laughs> pay when you say Are you you're in going the union? to. Sorry. Are you in the union? I'm not. Wait. I might join. You should join the yeah, union. Yeah. 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 So. So University. That, he, yeah. he got taught chemistry, which is exciting. No, that's the ideal science if you want to sew together bits of dead people. Oh, well, what's really interesting is so he does all that. He tells you about how great chemistry is and how much he's studying the other branches of science, which is all great. And then the, the actual bit where he makes the monster is all like, oh, and then I made it come alive. That was it. Yeah. That's all he said. It's like half a sentence. And then it like, <laughs> it is, it's all like, like, you know, you're so used to this kind of no, standard You've got picture. to remember the context of the book. So they, uh, by that point, they've had half a book of nothing happening. Mary Shelley's about to launch into the scientific explanation, and Wordsworth is like, fucking get on with it, Shelley. No more of your mumbo-jumbo science-made-up reversed proton wave rubbish. Just get to the story. You're not Ian M. Banks. See, so everyone nodding off and going, but that... that, that he makes a fucking monster! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! Back in the room. Just warmed up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he makes a monster, right? Brings yeah. it to life. Easy, by just, this just, point. Just, yeah, and flick the on switch. You've got your monster set to off. Yeah, exactly. Turn, yeah. That's what he does. And then immediately goes, this was a terrible idea, and runs away. And goes to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Which was weird. But then it and just he, buggers off for a while. Off for like two years. Sort of glances at for him, two and years, then buggers he off. runs away. <laughs> And just is surprised when he goes... Because then his mate comes to see him and he's like, hey, it's good to see you, buddy. Is someone but making drinks at this point? <laughs> and in the narrative of... Uh, yeah, Conrad stands up probably. to get a bit more laudanum and mix it into a martini. <laughs> and and that, they need a break, so she goes, and then two years pass. And they sit in silence while Coleridge does his thing. Yeah. And then they start again. That two years is about a chapter. That's all it yeah, is, isn't it? Exactly. His mate comes around and he just goes, you're right, buddy, it's nice to see you. Don't really want to go back to mine. There might be a monster that I left there two years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, watch out for that. It's going to be hungry. <laughs> he goes back to his flat. The monster's not there. And he's surprised and just goes, oh, shit. Where has the monster gone? But like, there's a skeleton and a stain on the floor because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't leave any food. No, it's just a bit of a mess and an open window. But so he thought he kind of dreamt it, didn't he, for a bit as well? He was kind of like, did that really happen? <laughs> Does that it's like, it's like a hangover, hangover thought. You know, you wake up and like, was that the bad thing? Well, I was thinking whether he was wondering whether he had actually just dreamt the whole thing. Right, that would have but been a terrible end. I kind of end. knew the story, so I do expected... You, do you have students? A, a couple. Have they ever tried that defence well, where they've blown up half your lab? And you go, did you blow up half the lab? And they're like, I dreamt I blew up half the lab. <laughs> You're like, oh, fair enough, no problem. Not what so a coincidence. Far. Is okay. it possible? You're scientists. So we you all know this. Get um, ready. I'm is ready. it possible to make a human from off, uh, off of dead human? Well, it's an interesting. There was actually a dude, right? So Galvani was the chaps famous for electrocuting frogs' legs and making them twitch. Mm. There was another guy who I think was related to Galvani did it on the corpse of an of a executed person. What? So they got a body of someone who'd been executed yeah. and they brought it to an anatomy room somewhere in Italy in the late 1700s and they put electrodes across various parts of his body, including various the parts. anus, including the anus, and made that his a arms twitch and his face twitch at all kinds of parts of his body. And twitch. his anus And twitched. that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's the bit where they crowded round. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> Round of drinks for everyone. We're doing anus. <laughs> but yeah. they did, and it, it probably happens as well. So you could make a corpse kind of move its arms and its legs around just by strapping some electrodes. But what does it. that mean? And then the guy behind starts beatboxing. They start making <laughs> the arms <laughs> pop and lock in rhythm. It's just a matter of time. But can if you... So the answer the answer's no, Greg. Oh, I, I genuinely <laughs> thought the answer was leaning towards yes. I just no. told you it was true, and you've just demolished that. They, they could make a corpse move. You make it twitch, yeah. You might be able to make it walk if you got it really spot on. Mm, and that's what they do. No, no, no. Have you, have you ever played the web game Quop? Q-W-O-P. <laughs> no. You control a man who's running, and the buttons Q-W-O and P control uh, the thigh muscles and the calf muscles and you have to try and make him run by pressing those four buttons in the right coordination this it's sounds impossible. like daily thompson's decathlon it's famously yeah, impossible to take more than like two steps <laughs> without falling. you've got a computer fire it up and you will see uh it, it is absolutely astounding trying to walk no the coordination is beyond well, it's beyond no, me and i'm the cleverest person i know <laughs> 
but there is technology for people who are paralysed to try and use that stimulation, muscle stimulation, to make even dead again. people who are paralysed. Well, I don't know. You can, I mean, if you could make paralyzed. a living person walk whose legs are paralysed, if you could make the armour that Ridley wears at the end of Aliens mm. and then <gasps> remote control it and strap a corpse into it, you could do it. But then it would work exactly the same without the corpse in it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit pointless. <laughs> so if you put a dead body in the back of a car, you yeah. can make it go like ninety miles an hour in a specific direction. No, but yeah, and like. You but if you Steve, put, you, could like, put, you could put Greg in it and then make him move. You'd love that, wouldn't you? you can put, no, <laughs> you can no. Because why are you hitting yourself, Greg? Why are you hitting yeah, yourself? That's the only that's thing I would thing. do with it. Just make him punch with a bit himself in the nose. Straight in yeah. the suit. So, so you can't put Loosen his anal sphincter. <laughs> Too much? <laughs> Too panic. Why are you hitting yourself and shitting yourself, Greg? Why, so you couldn't put electric on brain and then bring dead back to life? Uh, Is that definitely so. no? But you I put, so I brain, brains live outside the body for quite an extended period of time. So neuroscientists quite readily do this. They like waz a brain out of a, of, a, of a skull and they slice it up. Not and a person's. They, not a person's, a mouse. Just, mouse just, brain. Just, oh, sorry, just sorry, 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 sorry. But this is a kind of Thank standard... Goodness. standard technique in electrophysiology and they can actually look at the firing of the neurons so oh, your, yeah. bra your brain cells are sh uh, electrically conductive there's a famous thing there's a there was a when the you know the guillotine chops off people's heads very yeah. quickly there was a scientist in the early 20th century i think and he he was looking at the corpse heads after they dropped mm. into the into the basket and he had good evidence that the brain retained some level of consciousness for about 20 seconds. Yeah, because the mouths it? are all mouthing, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no sound can come out. They're just but doing that over and over again. Wasn't that based on him saying to a criminal something like, blink in this pattern after you're dead, and then looked at it, and then he Absolutely. did it. But then they saw tons of others that he didn't say that to, and the, they blinked in a similar pattern. So it could The word just got around death row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what yeah. happened? So let's troll science. Blinky, blinky, blinky. So it's not. It may. It may be like it's an untested. You know, it was. Mm. It wasn't done under controlled conditions, perhaps. But. Well, the problem with testing if you can make someone be dead and then come back alive is, I imagine there's ethical yeah. issues. Yeah, that's a tough one to get through. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose there's kind of, kind of. You can monkeying yeah. around with the brain, I suppose, but, but you don't get dead material you can reanimate. It's not been, it wasn't, and it wasn't clearly described, was it, in the book? The, re there was the reanimation. No there was no protocol. They turned, they turned the monster to on, is what exactly. they did. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but can't we draw on the wider Frankenstein canon? I don't know how you feel about this, that there yeah. was lightning and there was Igor. No, it's not there. Igor. None of that's there. Igor. None yeah, of that's there. It's, it's not there. She missed out all the best bits <laughs> of coming tomorrow. Have you all accidentally only read the first edition? You've not read the director's cut second edition, <laughs> where that, she expands the narrative and brings in all those scenes off the cutting room floor with Igor. That was twice as long. Yeah. But... Right, so when he realises the monster's not there after two years, he just goes, oh, I'm happy now. My problems are over. Hurrah. This will not come back to bite me in the ass. It's all going to be fine. And then he goes home and goes, hey, let's see my family and Elizabeth, who is his cousin and fiancé, by the way. I should have mentioned that earlier. Anyway. And also like a weird sister. And that's the thing that's sister. really wrong in this book. Not the misuse <laughs> of science, not the murder. It's that his cousin is his fiancé and his sister. Yeah, yeah his cousin's sister fiancé who by all accounts is a lovely lady who misses him greatly and is looking forward for, to when they're married. Now, when he goes home... There was lots of descriptions of them like going on really nice trips, I thought. They're always, they always travel well. They're always in like nice hotels. And well, they're like, having a lovely Did they time, go yeah. on a trip during the two years or did he just fuck off and ignore his fiancée for two years? He was still ignoring him, wasn't he? Mini, yeah. Years, yeah. A little mini odyssey, let's that call was, it. Yeah. Fucked his way all over Europe. <laughs> Rumspringer. Yeah, and got home and she was like, Homer so style. pleased to see you. Where have you been? And he's like, not fucking every strumpet in Europe. <laughs> I promise. And when he gets back home... He goes like, oh, what a lovely time I'll have now I'm home. I hope no one is dead. Right? But he should stop saying such obvious foreshadowing things. <laughs> but a little My monster's dead. definitely not coming back, and everyone I know will live yeah. forever. The boy's dead. Uh, the boy is his brother. His younger brother? Was it his younger I, brother? I don't remember. Do they all seem to die with fingerprints on their necks as well. Yeah, Maybe strangles. they had a fingerprint on their neck. I don't remember that. You yeah. mm. That's because the monster strangles them death. Yeah. But why does the monster get his, go to the police station, put mm. his fingers in the fingerprint stuff, then walk through the streets holding his fingers up so they don't touch anything and dry, then strangle people, then go back and do the whole thing again? And aren't the police like, it's a bit weird that this giant glowing man wants our fingerprint ink 
but nothing else. Oh, and we keep getting these bodies covered in fingerprint ink. You've got to think these things through, Dr. Cross. He would obviously buy <laughs> his own ink pad and just use that. What's, where's time. he got money? Well, you steal it. He's, Does he he's pose as a life people. model? Because artists are like, you are a fresh, new, interesting shape for us <laughs> to draw. We'll pay you five pounds an hour to sit there holding this rose, this the, single rose between me, your teeth while you cry. The little kid's dead, and Victor Frankenstein's like, oh, this is rubbish. I bet it was that monster I made. And then they go like, oh, no, we found the killer. The killer is actually this lady. What, the lady who looked after all of us when we were children and loves us like her own children? Do you want to see a research article where people, where chemists make little people? When they made an, a, yeah. a person, a little Only person. if the person then dies, because that will he, fit into he doesn't this die. bit of the story so where we, the youngest So if anybody's dies. listened to the, the science show before, we've done this before. So this is, a, I did this is an article <laughs> called The Synthesis of Anthropomorphic Molecules, the Nanopucians, right? So I'm going, to read you, I'm going to read you the abstract of this properly research article. It's from the Journal of Organic Chemistry. It says, Described here are the synthetic details en route to an array of two nanometer tall anthropomorphic molecules in monomeric, dimeric, and polymeric form. These anthropomorphic figures are called, as a class, nanopucians. Using the tools of chemical synthesis, the ultimate in designed miniaturization can be attained while preparing most widely re uh, recognized structures, those that resemble humans. I'm now going to hand... That, can I just read that abstract and turn it into English? Because <laughs> I'm course. worried that listeners will be like, what the hell? Well, I was about to... So what they did is they made little people. They made so I'm showing a little picture. So if anyone's seen a kind of chemical structure before yeah. with the kind of lines and, lines and hexagons and things, they made something that just looks like a person. That's all they did. Do you reckon any of those little people came back to haunt their family, yeah, the family kill, of the chemistry, <laughs> and then murder one of the youngest children, and then the someone pictures. else gets accused, and then someone else dies? I mean, that would be great, but they're, own, they're really little. I don't know if they're, they're really able little. to get their tiny but little nano hands around what the they neck did of even the smallest child. Is they changed their head so they look like different kinds of occupation. So there's like, Sorry, there's like a bait. So look at it. Here's the person. Here's the little person. Here's the nanopucian, the little okay. person. The we can tweak this. The jester has a... It's a bishop's mitre that the <laughs> nano jester is wearing rather frighteningly. The nano green beret has like an accent on top of its head. The nano pilgrim. Anyway, you can imagine what it is. I would have. We'll tweet this picture. What's but basically, this, yeah. what's this from? This is from the Journal, Journal Orga of Org Organ Chem. Yeah. And it is the 2003 thing published on the web, 27th of September 2003. So it's old science. It's up, oh, really, well, science. not 1818 science. It so took us 200 years to go from Frankenstein to a little little dude. So have they made bigger people now? No, that's as that's the oh, smallest. Okay. But that's as small as you could make a person. Greg, you know you can make bigger people. <laughs> You've just got to find someone willing to let you. Exactly. What, what do you mean? Well, you when when a man and a woman love each other very much, <laughs> yeah, it, then that process happens. Yeah. So but you that, can. So that's is, that's chemists is, making people. Is this as close? Is this what the chemists are like? But other people are like, oh, do you know what? We could possibly raise the dead and create... And chemists are like, we made a thing where when you draw the molecule in a specific way, it, <laughs> it looks, looks like, like a, a kid. I'm just surprised that a bunch of sort of science geeks locked in a room trying to make shapes with chemical molecules didn't just make a giant cock. <laughs> just no, a no, cock no. and balls. Yeah. Because that that's be usually the first thing that, that you That would make the front of all media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you, a BuzzFeed article was coming. You're forgetting <laughs> you're weird science. We know what they would make. What do these molecules look like if you build them as three-dimensional things? They look the do same. They still, they look, still like look like people. people. Yeah. They're all flat. Yeah. Uh, of course. And they also made a polymer, so they made them hold hands, so you can make them all next to each other, and it turns That's into a plastic. Does, does that compound... Yeah, I'm, do I'm anything. I'm trying to speak in your language. No, that's correct. Does... Does that compound create some sort of ghastly poison? No, it's kind of... It's almost certainly white, a white powder. Yeah, okay. it's not very exciting, I'm Typical afraid. of chemists, I was isn't gonna, it? I was <laughs> only make white people. We're going to make a race of white men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they did, yeah. Fantastic. Right, it was 2003, go. though. We can't judge yeah, the past by true. the standards of today, <laughs> as you're always reminding me, Gregory. Sorry, I, I stole the noise. I am. We can judge ourselves by their standards, though. Okay. And so we're better than them, because yeah, we're not chemists and we're not racist. <laughs> two people are dead so far. Yeah. Right. Right. William. William. He's a little Thank boy. You. Yeah, William's a little boy. And then the woman, I can't remember her name. We'll call her... Well done, you get a point for William. We'll call her Thanks. Catherine. Catherine, Why all right. Not? Yeah. Catherine's a common name in books, but she's dead as well, right? And Victor's like, this is definitely going to be my monster. This is pretty much my Guaranteed. Fault. And he's... I'm worried about his anxiety disorder, because, like, just because murders happen doesn't mean it's your fault in any sort of way. That's a classic symptom of... of 
either narcissism or anxiety. But, but come, come on, Steve, like... if you made a monster and then, then pissed off for two years and you came back, you'd be like, ah, did I did no, I do a bad thing? If anything bad happened, I'd be like, definitely not my monster. Has <laughs> anyone <laughs> seen my monster? No. It's, but it's he did see not. it though, Greg, didn't he? He saw it tra- traversing an impossible cliff face, oh, that's right. oh, an yeah, overhang. That, yeah. Just before William Just, gets it in yeah. the neck, literally, gets he it. crawls up a, a face and he thinks... I've seen the monster, someone's dead, it must be the monster. Exactly. Mm. But does he take the blame though for... I mean, he he starts going like, shit... I've, I'm essentially guilty because I made the monster and the no, monster made the crime. No, why is he guilty? Because he made the monster and the monster <laughs> made the crime. Yeah. He definitely, man, he definitely feels guilty. The invented the internet isn't responsible for what you look at on the internet. <laughs> yes, correct? he is. Right, okay. Tim Berners-Lee is getting sued. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a libel is. case. But, um... <laughs> so, he's, so he knows that the monster did the killing, so he thinks, I'm going to have to find this monster. I'm going to have to do it, aren't I? So We're just leaving it long enough that our angry listeners are like, Tim Berners-Lee invented the web, not the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I was just letting them stew for a little while in their anger. Is it anyway, not the same sorry, thing? Gregory. Oh, that will set them off again. I'll have to give them another 15 seconds. <laughs> Tim Berners-Lee from the University of Southampton, I should add as well. <laughs> That's never brought up enough. Everyone always goes on about CERN, mm. i.e. the circle line, but with even worse service. No one ever mentions the University of Southampton with its dolphin logo. It doesn't have to do with graphene as well. It doesn't have the dolphin on toast anymore, I'm afraid. We used to have this logo, which was kind of a dolphin with a square, and it was blue, but the bits inside the square where the dolphin was above it were in white, and then the dolphin where it wasn't in front of the square was blue. So it was a stylized picture of a dolphin and a square, but people used to call it dolphin on toast. Is yeah. Southampton right. or university famous for dolphins? Yeah, and toast. It's famous and for the seaside, which is not too far away. But the, what so, but and toast. I've never seen and the what dolphin. What else is Southampton famous for? For our listeners who've never been there. Uh, our listeners. It's <laughs> famous for Craig David. Oh, two first oh. names again. Exactly. He's right, come Kes. back now, hasn't he? He has, yeah, he's doing He right. managed to get over his kind Maybe of both selector. Um, thing. That implies that I've been. What else is that? The Spitfire came from Southampton. Oh. What the plane? The Triumph the plane? Spitfire. Oh, okay, the, the, plane. the plane, the Spitfire, and I'm sure many other interesting things came out of Southampton. And dolphins. Dolphins were invented. On, dolphins on toast. It's a fantastic um, place with vibrant a, community. A vibrant community. <laughs> and I'm I'm soon going to be moving out of it. <laughs> Where are you moving to? Portsmouth. Uh, possibly Salisbury. But. Moving up Where's in the world. Salisbury? I don't know, but I just did that noise to imply that I knew something about it. It's not Winchester, at least. He, oh, he used to live in Winchester. Winchester. I did used to live in oh, Winchester. Yeah. Anyway. Doesn't Sainsbury live in Winchester? It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> he's alive. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't, matter. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter. It must be a tortured existence for you two that any time you think about someone alive, you, your brain has to switch off. No, it's, it's just more, it's easier. Because otherwise you have to think, because libel's such a grey area and you have to think right. not just have I libeled someone, but would they care, would they bother, would they come after me? And Constantly it's easier to just be completely off the hook about yeah. people who are dead. Because otherwise you have to work out, could I prove in a court of law that they mm. are a prick? Yeah, because <laughs> you've got to have enough evidence. Whereas Isaac, Newton, that's not so Isaac Newton fucked a horse. <laughs> So did A.A. Gill. <laughs> oh, right, on the money with that one. <laughs> Fuck him. Um, right, so he's, he thinks, I'm going to have to find this monster, going to have yeah. to prop kill it dead. Um, and then he sort of starts a mission going like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, people from the science show, you don't know, Gregory only has one song in his head, and it's that. It's got two notes. It has in the past stood for the zombies in uh, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yeah. Um, pretty much anyone else. The Cyclops in the Odyssey yeah. sang it. Who uh, else sang it? Um, I think Gilgamesh Gil- just sang it, just going like, I'm Gilgamesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gilgamesh. Grendel sang well, it in The Last yeah. Beowulf as well. I'm a monster, wow. punch your head in. So, what um, we're really hoping is that eventually one of our listeners will get all the versions Greg's done. Oh, I'll them, them together. together. Mm-hmm. Some house tune. Yeah. yeah. It'd be terrifying. And yeah. if I do it enough, because at the moment, I'm guessing the listeners going, what a silly idea, no one will ever do that. But if you keep on repeating it, sooner or later, someone will go, fuck it, I'm on it. So, so yeah, he's going. Do you know going, what my favourite bits were? I, I, like a little bit after, so after the murder, yeah. you know when he's like the monster's hanging out and telling us like what it's like to be a monster. Yeah, and he does the two things. He does one is that how he learns English, 
right? And two, he has this kind of like saved by the bell moment where he like walks into the blind guy by the fire and just says, can I come in? And because obviously the blind guy can't tell he's a monster. So he just sits there and just has a little chat with him while no one else is in the house and then does a runner. I like that. It's just like saved by the bell. Because when he's hunting for the monster, he finds the monster and the monster sits down and goes, let me tell you what I've been up to for the last (laughs) two years. So now we're on narrative, 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 unreliable, 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 narrator, narrator, narrator. And then Is the Mary Shelley just getting more and more drunk as she writes this? So obviously. she's having to put more layers in to defend <laughs> yeah. her. I know this one's rubbish, but it's a man <laughs> reporting on what a man reported on, what a monster reported on, what a man yeah. said. Yeah, and the monster like lives outside a hut with a blind man and his family and just spies on them and for he calls ages. It, he calls it his hovel. I like it. Mm. He calls his own house a hovel. Oh, <laughs> well, what's yeah. wrong with that? I call my house my hovel. <laughs> That's true, you do. Because <laughs> it is. But why does he, like, he always seems to be, no one ever sees him. He's always, like, somewhere near the person who's in the narrative, mm. but is never seen by anybody. Yeah. The he actor, travels the whole of Europe through densely populated areas. <laughs> yeah. the actor, never loses track of who it is. The actor playing him is probably doing a load of other films at the moment as well. So they, they have to imply that he's there a lot. They, they yeah. only had like eight days shooting with Frankenstein's monster <laughs> itself. So and there's got to be a lot of that. You can do it if you're just careful. Stick to the shadows if you don't want to be caught or seen or anything. Just stick to the shadows. He's got um, an amazing knack slowly. for that. He's got an amazing knack. For a giant I was impressed. Man. There's a strong selection pressure for, for hiding and creeping if you're a monster. Probably, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be sprung, yeah. do you? And remember, this was the past, so cities weren't as dense. No. Is that Glasses helpful? weren't as good. Yeah. That's mm. true. People were off their head on drugs all the time. And gin. Because gin and drugs. Yeah. But that was what yeah. people did, not But he did well learning to speak a language. Didn't he? And he book? seems to have an book. incredible vocabulary as well, because he's talking to his creator, it, Victor, and he's been, all he's done is sat outside... Someone's cottage for two no, years. No, Not a, even two years. He nicked two books, didn't he? Do you remember? Oh, did he? Yeah, he nicked. Do you want to guess? If you had to learn English from two books, Steve, what would you what would you nick? Well, first of all, Frankenstein yeah. or the modern Prometheus. Because I'd not only invent science fiction, I'd invent postmodern literature by writing That's my book deep. into its own book. It'd be so and meta. Yeah. And if you were the monster, you'd want to find out how it ends for you. Yeah, exactly. So that would be the first one. And then secondly. Um, Probably, I'd go. I'd go Bible. I'd go New International Version. Well, would Bible and Shakespeare be a freebie in this? Oh, that's <laughs> true. Am I on a desert island? <laughs> no. So he, so he, so he manages to find uh, a Paradise Lost oh. and a volume of Plutarch's Lives and the Sorrows of Werther. That's, Typical that's to read two books. Two by of my men, favorites. You Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> you misogynist prick. And from that, he just extrapolates wildly and then can speak English perfectly. Is, is that, as a man of science, as, as sort of learned individuals, where you Why have are you not pro- looking at me when you say that? Why are you only looking at them? I'm a doctor. Because every time I say you're a doctor, you go, yeah, but not in this that you're talking about. Yeah. And I've learned what you're a doctor. We I've say forgotten. that too. Right. Um, so you're, okay, you're three learned men. I'm not. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> you're two learned men and you're a country bastard. Um... It's pronounced contrary. (laughs) (laughs) Never pause, Gregory. Never pause. I cannot keep up with your pedanticism. It's pronounced pedantry. Pedantic pedantry. Yeah. um, Pedant. Exactly. (laughs) There are some furious listeners (laughs) who just goes, I want to tweet, but I can't bring myself. So is your problem... You can't really tweet. It's not pronounced (laughs) P-D-A-N-T-R-Y. No, because isn't isn't there a pronunciation alphabet that you can use? I don't think you can type a lot of it on the Can't you? It's lots of weird backward E's and things. I never know what they mean when I read the dictionary. Yeah. Is the problem with Frankenstein not that he created life from a dead body, but mm. that the monster learnt language very, very quickly? I think they're both pretty grey areas. But which I think, do you did think he create it from a dead body? Because in the beginning bit, there's no dead body. And then when he makes the second one, he's on some island in the middle of the Orkneys where there's only like five people. Where, where did he get the dead body to try and make the second one? Before? Well, there was only five people yeah. by the time so he, he just finished. Killed <laughs> six people. <laughs> you think they might, you think they might have he, noticed, He though. couldn't have a woman. Out of nothing. Yeah, because if that was possible, you would have tried it by now. <laughs> I would have. Again, brings us back to weird science. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, it would really turn me to murder, because that's what happened, didn't it? Which yeah. is better, Frankenstein or weird science? 
A weird science. Weird science. So what is sad about this is that Frankenstein's monster doesn't help Frankenstein in a kind of coming-of-age ritual such that he no longer needs his monster. Oh, oh no, he, he does in the end. Way he does. He, does. Oh. he comes back, and it's, it's really interesting because he's just all he wants to be is happy. And he's, he, he confides in his creator. He says, why have you made me miserable? All I want is a mate, and everyone hates me. Isn't that sad? So and is then he, he feels really guilty about it, and then Frankenstein like makes him a mate. But he'd already, like killed like loads of people because he's always well, pissed off because his creator made him miserable you know what it's like yeah, but when it doesn't you mean you have to kill people well, it does if you're a no, monster that, that is a strong <laughs> message for lonely men everywhere right it's okay. just because you're not getting laid is not a reason to kill loads of people to spend all your lives it's on the internet this podcast, being really, hateful <laughs> well the thing is gregory's fans are listening and they're strong in this demographic of being horrible nerdy young men how dare you I, I just mean, implied you've on, got fans. I know. How that was, dare you lie so openly? Sweet. Uh, yeah, so then he has to make a lady monster for his monster. Mm. Um, and he makes it, and the monster's going like, ooh, lovely. And then Frankenstein goes, hang on, what if they decide to have sex and have children? Can't be, can't be done. So he just destroys the lady, the monster sees it, goes nuts, kills loads of other people, and then fucks off. Right? Now, is the monster still alive at the end of the book? For a sequel? No, the monster's dead at the end of the book. Oh, no, he's alive you've at the read end of different the book. versions again. <laughs> Did you not read off. to the end, Gregory? I didn't read to the no, end. No, no, maybe he's, <laughs> he's he still goes out the window and then into the waste to die. He wanders off, but you don't oh, see him right, die. You're right, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know the rules of films. If you don't see yeah. the corpse, they come back. They're being kept you're alive right. for a confirm, sequel. Confirm the kill every yeah. time. Yeah. I just yeah, assumed he was dead. Double tap, two to the chest, one to the head. But yeah, um, whereas I would have thought, and again, you're scientists. Hello. If you were if you were making a human woman from parts of other human women, don't say you haven't tried it. <laughs> and if you yeah. wanted to make sure that she couldn't have a child, yeah, the ability to make sure that couldn't happen would be in your hands as you're making her from scratch. You would think about that. You Rewind. That in. Did Frankenstein put a penis on his monster? I don't know. I assume so. Does he say that? He doesn't say that. No. Well, because you would think. Do you know what? Fuck it. I can skip a bit. Mm. Yeah. He doesn't need this. I'll just a hole where we can come out because there's no one who wants to have sex with him ever. We can just miss that off. Yeah. There's all that plumbing that I don't have to do. I don't have to make balls. Appendix. Don't need that. Because otherwise, well, otherwise yeah. he'd have to handle a dead man's balls in the making <laughs> of his monster. And That's he's not going to want to do that. So I reckon Frankenstein's monster has no dick anyway. That's why he glosses over it. So how did you make it? Doesn't matter. I don't want to talk about <laughs> that. Because <laughs> yeah. he was stood there, knife in one hand, dead man's balls in the other, and was like, do you know what? I'm just not going to put them on. <laughs> They look delicious. <laughs> Five years at university. <laughs> but this. But yeah, uh, and then um, he gets married to Elizabeth. Elizabeth gets killed by the monster, runs off. Then the man, then Victor Frankenstein, follows the monster forever. But then he goes, oh my God, I'm in the snow and ice and I'm fucked. Oh, look, there's a ship. Gets on the ship and then he's really sad. Then the monster comes in and kills Victor, no, Victor Frankenstein dies. And then the monster comes in and goes, oh yeah, I'm really sad. And then fucks off into the night, possibly to die the end. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Accurate bit. Did, Would, I miss did you feel sad or happy at the end? I felt sad. You never, you didn't reach the end, Steve. I My favourite bit was when he, like, you know, when he's making the female monster and yeah. he loses his. It's actually really grotty because he kind of rips it into bits. Yeah. He rips the female monster into lots of pieces, and he's really scared about going back in the room for ages because he's got to clear up all the blood and the, presumably the blood and the guts. Mm. And then he whacks it in a big basket and takes it out to the sea and drops it into the into the ocean. And wow. before that point, there's no gore or anything. Mm. And Suddenly it goes from like, you know, talking really obliquely about all of these gruesome things. Sexism. And then, then all of a sudden, it's no holes barred, gruesome. Coleridge was about to fall asleep, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly add in a lot more of emotional intensity. We need a sudden like jump scare and shock scene just to make Coleridge be like, oh, sorry, I was dozing off the laudanum. So do you want to know, I'm going to interject with some science now. Yep. Yeah. Like the closest we've ever got to making something yeah. living. Yeah. The closest I, we've ever got that someone's written up. That someone's written Don't up. Don't forget so all those backyards. Well, this is version three. They made two previous versions. So wow. this is the best bit. So Nick may disagree with me here, but there's a, there's a guy called uh, Craig Ventner who works in the US. He created, started off with four bottles of chemicals mm. and made a genome, uh, which he then injected into some bacteria. So it's completely, completely, you know, four bottles of chemicals. There's no, Whiskey, no biology. bleach. No. 
<laughs> so Oxtail the four, soup. The, the four base pairs of DNA. Okay. But he's got a special machine and some other things which help them stick them all yeah, together. Yeah, that's true. They, they make them in short fragments and they stick them together. Is this the same Craig Venter dude who did the who competed with the Human Genome Project. Exactly. He, so he was doing a private thing to make... He's got his own institute, genome. yeah. And then at the same time, the Human Genome Project. So it was exactly. a bit controversial. Anyway, okay. did, that, did that bacteria kill him? Not yet. Is he but, still alive? So, well, he, is he still alive or is bacteria? So he's bacteria. I'll show you a picture. So basically, he made these, the, the instructions to make a thing. Mm. And then he injected it into the husk of a bacterium. And then it, 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 and they worked out the minimum amount of things you need to put in, the number of genes and the, and the amount. And they don't know what most of them do. About three quarters of them, they, don't, they know you need them, but they don't know what they do. It's pretty lazy only doing yeah. the minimum. I mean, a <laughs> typical male scientist, not willing to put in the effort. So I'm going to show him a, I'm going to show him a picture oh. now. So this is a, an example of a, bac, of a bacterium that, it, that exists Listeners, purely. I'll, I'll hold the microphone near this diagram so you can see it. <laughs> I'll describe so looks, the picture. It, it looks it's like a lots of circles together, and some are orange and some are grey. Yeah, so that that is replicated by someone making their DNA. So there's no biological replication. That's all done via started off from four bottles of chemicals. Mm. So that's about as close as we can get. So it's not as good as Adam Frankenstein's monster. But and he also he needed the dead husk. Well, it wasn't even dead. It was like the yeah. husk of the thing. That's true. Which has got start. loads of proteins and soup and all but, kinds but of it, stuff. But then it. it lasts forever. So it makes that as part of it in the in the. Gym. Oh yeah, it, now yeah. it will. But it needs that. It needs to, to start. It. it needs a. But so but to be fair, you know, so you Victor can't. Frankenstein needed a needed a, a host. I mean, too. I think one of the int most interesting. You know, like we think that life was created by some lightning and some other chemicals. God, on Earth. yeah. You know, some like back in like god. the primordial god. Yeah, okay god yeah god <laughs> god created life but by gluing lots of things together yeah no one's ever been able to recreate that that's true we've made the the in miller the urey uh, experiments we've made amino but i think that's quite interesting that no one's been able to you, do well, it it's pretty obvious recreate it you can't prove that that's what happened no, you exactly. have to invent time travel but in order to <gasps> properly repudiate no, Greg's We can't do that, Greg. Okay. No, we can't. <laughs> as long as, no, but, uh, that's the thing. You need those physicists to help you do time travel in order to repudiate Greg's God did it. It's a lovely yeah. get out, God did it. It yeah. is. Do you think listeners should read this book? Yep. What kind of listener is it most suited for? It's most suited for our listeners. I think it's, it's just a, it's a fun book. It's it a is, genuinely it enjoyable it's book. Fun. I wouldn't bother. I thought it was tedious. I, the bit was the incest metaphor too heavy for it you? It was, yeah. It offended me, actually. Yeah. The bit when he was That's complaining to his creator about why did you create me to be miserable and like all of the bad things he, that he does is because he's unhappy. I quite like that. I quite, that was like a quite nice metaphor. Like most robot That's fiction. That's an excuse mm. you're going to use from now on. No, I just think it's nice. The classic Richard Herring, curse you God for making me this way. Yeah, I just, yeah, like there's some interesting... <laughs> but it's a book about themes. an idea, right? And the idea is, in, is novel and interesting and that, that's what it's remembered for. But the actual book, it just dribbles on. I page really after page. It. I enjoyed it. I thought it. the way it was written was, it was really, really poetic. It was as, as scientists, right? This book invents the, the popular conception of the scientists. You know, the, the, what we take what scientists are like. This yeah. is the first time it's... How do you feel? about your, your discipline being described as whiny men who run away from their problems, make <laughs> monsters, uh, and then die. It's pretty accurate, right? Yeah, spot on. Why do we need? Petri, Isaac, Transplanting, 